Hello, this is Pastor Rick at the Prophetic Angle, and I'm talking about Hanukkah. Hanukkah, of course, is one of those things you can argue about, and people do. They argue about pretty much everything. What I want to do is present to you uh, a possible understanding that very few have probably presented, although as I do some research, I'm finding variations of it. All the way from Hanukkah is really, really bad to Hanukkah is really, really good. And then, of course, there are those that are oblivious or complacent about it. You know, what difference does it make? Well, let's just go this route today. And I've already given two episodes about Hanukkah. We are in the middle of Hanukkah celebration, and it is a Jewish celebration. However... I want to present it from a Christian perspective, as ironic as that might sound. Now, our Protestant Bible has 66 books in it. Old Testament ends with the book of Malachi, and the New Testament again begins with the book of Matthew. Matthew and the New Testament begin the story of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth coming to earth as a baby in Bethlehem of Judea, his genealogy and his life, his death, burial, and resurrection, and his pouring out of his spirit, and then the institution of the church that he built upon the rock, etc., his second coming. Between the two testaments are 400 years that are called often the 400 silent years. Now, there is a series of books called the Apocrypha. There are other books that we call extra-biblical, meaning outside the Bible canon, that have some validity or a little validity or a lot of validity or no validity that are not included in anybody's canon or somebody's canon. That means the standard by which scriptures are judged to be scriptures are the word of God. But the Apocrypha is uh, the following books. Let's see, there's Edris, our first Edris, second Edris, Tobit, Judith, uh, additions to Esther, Wisdom of Solomon, Sirach, Barak, A Letter of Jeremiah, Song of Three Youths, Susanna, Bell and the Dragon, Prayer of Manasseh, and then the books that are more uh, aligned with what we're talking about, First and Second Maccabees. And I won't explain what, what I mean by the alignment of First and Second Mac, Mac, Maccabees in this episode so much, but if you listen to all the episodes, you'll get a little bit of an explanation pertaining to that. But I want to zero in on that 400 so-called silent years, which still had the movement of God in those that believed in him as they were looking for the coming of the Messiah when the light shined in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. So it was, it was getting dark. And it was so dark in the Greek empire that had superseded the Persian empire that the Seleucid Syrian Greeks, especially and specifically Antiochus IV, had invaded Jerusalem and Judea, and was outlawing Jewish practices and trying to get the Jewish people to worship idols, particularly Zeus, 
and to forsake all of their beliefs, all of their traditional beliefs. So some of this is going to sound familiar about what's going on today, and we'll get into that in a different episode. I want to zero in on the Hanukkah, which is the nine candlestick menorah, which is distinctly different from the temple menorah. The temple menorah has seven candlesticks. But the temple menorah was the one that was being relit at the institution, you might say, of Hanukkah after the defeat of Antiochus IV and the cleansing of the temple that had been desecrated by Antiochus IV with the idol of Zeus, offering of swine's flesh on the altar. So after the temple had been cleansed, they wanted to relight the candlestick. But there was only enough oil for one night. That's the kind of oil that was required. They could not just light the candlestick with any oil. It was going to take approximately a week or so to get more oil. But they went ahead and lit the candlestick anyway, even though they had enough for one day. And the miracle, according to tradition, is that it lasted eight days until they could get enough oil to keep that candlestick permanently lit. So the miracle of eight days is why there are nine candles on the candlestick. The middle candle is called the shamash, or servant candle. And on many menorahs, it is elevated just a little bit above the other eight. So there's really only eight candles for the eight days. The shamash is a separate candle. You might call it zero in the count. So zero plus eight equals eight. Of course, by our math, we see an extra candle, so one plus eight equals nine. So there's technically nine candles here. But the shamash is elevated above the other candles. Now let's look at this because I believe the Holy Spirit is God and God knows everything. He knows the end from the beginning and he can use anything and does use everything for his purposes. We know all things work together for good to them love God and are the called according to his purpose. So looking at the Hanukkah, the nine candlestick menorah with the shamash at the center, elevated just a little bit above the other eight, I see some spiritual truths that I want to emphasize in this particular episode. Let's look first of all at Malachi chapter 4. Remember, Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. So we're about to go off into the so-called 400 silent years that uh, the Apocrypha, especially First and Second Maccabees, even though it's not included in the Protestant canon, is very interesting that this series of books can fill this time frame. Some of the uh, things referred to are during this time frame. And uh, it has at least, at the very least, it has some historical validity. Uh, that we can parse. But that's not what we're doing right now. I, I'm wanting to focus on the Hanukkah, <laughs> which is the nine candlestick menorah and the elevated shamash. Okay, so it says in Malachi 4.1, For behold, the day is coming, 
burning like an oven. By the way, Malachi's prophecy can be dated maybe around 425 B.C. So, for behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble, and the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts. That will leave them neither root nor branch, but to you who fear my name... The Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings and shall go out and grow fat like the stall-fed calves. Now, let's look at that Son of Righteousness. Most everybody I know believes that's a prophecy of the coming of Jesus. But the Son, in English there is spelled S-U-N, not S-O-N. We know he is the Son of God, right? And we know he is the son of righteousness because God is righteous. But here the word translated as son, but it comes from the word, get this. If I click on it and I look in my interlinear Bible, I see Strong's 8121 and the word is Shemesh. Shemesh is translated son, Shemesh, Okay. So if I go in my Strong's Exhaustive Concordance and I go to 8121, you can find a very interesting mystery, I guess you could say, that I think can reveal what the Shamash is on the Hanukkah. Shemesh 8121, from an unused root meaning to be brilliant, the sun... Okay, 8122, uh, Shemesh, the sun. But if we go to 8120, just above those two references is Shamash. And that is Chaldean. And that comes from activity applied in daylight to serve or to minister. So... In Hebrew, often, and there's also uh, some Aramaic um, word usage here, and I don't get into it too much, frankly, but uh, the word shamash and the word shemesh, um, if you look at the Hebrew, it looks the same except for the vowel points. And this is often the case in Hebrew where there's a word that can mean a number of things depending upon the vowel points. Sometimes it doesn't seem to have a relationship, but it's very interesting when you make a comparison. So here the prophecy in Malachi is there's coming a son of righteousness. We know that to be Jesus. And that's going to be about 425 years from, from now. And in between, we have this vanquishing of Antiochus IV from Jerusalem, the cleansing of the temple, the rededicating of the temple, and the lighting of the seven golden candlesticks with only enough oil to last one day. But behold, it lasts eight days. So the, the Hanukkah, or the menorah for the Hanukkah, is just a celebration that evolved out of this story where the oil lasted eight days. And the ninth candlestick is the shamash. So I see Jesus, you see, 
This is something I'm deriving from it. I want you to understand that. But since Jesus came down and humbled himself, became a servant, and that's in the, in the, book, of, uh, the book of Isaiah, I think it's very interesting. We could go to that right now. I can get my Bible software to behave here. It's Isaiah 52. Let's go to verse 13. It says, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. So Jesus was humble, but he was also exalted. He came down. He became a man. He became a servant. He died on the cross. And he actually lights the world. But then he said, we are the light of the world, but we get our light from him. So he is, if you please, the servant that lights the other eight candles. And by the way, when your candle's lit, you get a new beginning, and eight represents a new beginning. So this, these are some things that jumped out to me. Even though this is not in the canon of our scripture, it's in the chronology of the history between the scriptures, and since it's preparatory to the coming of the Messiah, who is the light, the light that shined in the darkness, because it was dark. It was dark when Jesus got here. It was spiritually dark. It was a dark time when Jesus was born. And we, we talk about the star that the wise men followed. We talk about Jesus when he grew up and became a man and went to the temple, he said, I am the light of the world. But he told us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So when I look in Hanukkah, and by the way, you're not commanded to celebrate this day to go to heaven or anything like that, but it just helps you appreciate when you look at the various practices that people have in the Bible and between, in this case, between Malachi and Matthew that evolved out of that time. And they may not even see it that way, you understand? Because the Jewish people that are not Messianic, in other words, don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, they're not going to see it the way I'm describing it to you. I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit, who is God, can use different things to point to the truth. And in this case, I think I've made a pretty good case for Jesus being the Shamash candle. Now, as we continue to peel back the layers of meaning here, we can each become a Shamash in that we can take our light and light somebody else's life up with our witness and give them a, eight, a number eight new beginning. So I hope that helped you some, obviously. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I've heard anybody express this before, but this is something that I think that is very interesting. And again, people argue over everything. So I hope this was a blessing to you. Jesus, we thank you that you're the light. There's enough oil, Holy Spirit, in you to fill us all and to give us all light so that we can turn around and impart light to other people. Thank you, Lord God, that the miracle of the oil is still working. The Holy Ghost fills every vessel that's hungry and thirsty. And Jesus, you still light the world, and you light the world through your people. You give us all a new beginning 
In Jesus' name, we give you glory and praise. Amen.